Hoping everybody had a great weekend. I think we did. I noticed you guys brought me gifts. Well, that's actually, amazing. There, I noticed there's three, so I assume it's from our bosses to the Can't three wait of to us. to see what you got me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. Heartbreak. Oh, I got you more heartbreak. Gosh. That's not a good start to the week. <laughs> Welcome to the Real Kipper and Bourne Show. Nick Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee, Derek Brandeo, and Jimmy Willie. <laughs> Jay Will in the house. In the house. Mm -hmm. It's the real Kipper and Bourne show. Always on Sportsnet 590, Sportsnet 360, and Sportsnet Plus from 4 to 6. And wherever you download us on your favorite pods, text us at 590-590 as well, and we'll get to some of your questions. Hopefully they're good ones for our boy Sammy as the Toronto Maple Leafs and the dying seconds find another way to get to an overtime. Yeah, that is but now. Can we say, JB, out of everything we saw last week, that was the best look of the yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs Saturday night versus the Boston Bruins? Yeah, that one, Kipper, made it an even 50% of their games on the season. Their 11th overtime showing in 22 outings, which is the highest ever. Um, you know, obviously, they're not going to make it uh, through the season with a 50% rate, but boy, that's crazy. And yeah, you know, I think it's important to note that... Previously, I would say people would say we were hard on a team that was winning. I think today might be the complete flip of the script. I don't, I don't know how you felt about the, about the game, but I thought they yeah. were really good in a game they lost. So we're on the other side of things today. Sammy? Sammy, safe to say it was a yeah. fun game to watch. Enjoyed it. Uh, and you talk about dying seconds. I'm dying of heat stroke in this Yeah, game. that's something like we I, should probably address I, you know, before the show starts. I'm trying not to let it get to me. Like, I'm just trying to think about how I'm not really uncomfortably hot but i am tired. i know i have a really thin white t-shirt that oh i'm going God. to be wearing by the end of I, this show. I really thought we had a, we, we called the truce with the maintenance man so yeah we're gonna Rogers. come back and there's a couple raptors uh jerseys over there yeah all three of us are gonna be wearing <laughs> <laughs> sleeveless jerseys. either that or i'm gonna cut the sleeves off no, your zigzag no, jersey off. i hung it terribly today too yeah okay good good yeah, well yeah, yeah. i want to make it abundantly clear it is unacceptably hot if in here. Right if now. we're leaking on camera, just so you know. We'll know why. But yeah, uh, love the game Saturday. For the most part, for uh, sure. not, not as much leaking out of the Leafs as we saw prior, even with uh, an overtime win uh, yeah. that we saw uh, earlier in the week. Yeah. Joseph Wall, uh, really good. A couple of goals maybe you didn't love. Um, you know, the one he thinks he caught uh, towards the end of the game, you didn't love, and, and maybe the Pasternak shot. But otherwise, I thought he was really good. 11 shots against in overtime. You know, he stopped the first 10. Can't ask much more than that out of a goaltender. And, you know, the, the biggest story of the game to me, Kip, was a guy that I wrote about on Friday, Austin Matthews. We had been basically saying, what the heck is going on here? Uh, really, really good, um, you know, uh, the type of showing where we had become accustomed to seeing again best, out, of, out of him. Best game of his year, you think? <sighs> I do, yes. Uh, yeah, he was really good in those first two games where he had back-to-back -back hat tricks. It wasn't just the goals. Like he, I remember the conversations we had coming in here talking about, oh, my God, the 60-goal guy is back and he's had big yeah. lulls. But, you know, on a Saturday night against a premier uh, opponent, 
to go out there and look like he did in that game, I think it would probably be his best game of the season. There was for moments sure. just on the forecheck where he's moving his feet, moving his feet, and the puck mm-hmm. goes the other way, and he stops, and he gets back hard, and I was like, okay, he's skating tonight. Yeah. That's, that's good. So if, if we're going to go to our first uh, Kippers Clipper of the week, uh, we'll break this up in, uh, in two. Okay. First was Sheldon Keefe prior to Saturday night. Mm-hmm. talking about Austin Matthews, and then we'll go to one, to his comment after Saturday night. So let's play the, the first clip one from Sheldon before his big effort Saturday night. No, he's, no, he's going to do better in that, in that area, and that's, that's, that's just it. Like, don't focus on the, the end result and um, get concerned with anything other than doing the things that uh, allow you to have success uh, individually and for us as a team, most importantly. Um, Austin's a driver for our team. Uh, when he's going, we're, we're, we're going. Um, it's usually the case. Um, so, like our overall, our overall team game and structure, the things, the consistency in which we execute, uh, we need Austin to drive in those areas. Um, not, you know, and if that happens, whether he scores or not, we're going to be in a really good place to control playing and have a chance to win the game. Is that the closest we've come to calling out Austin? Yeah. I don't would... think that's close to it. That is. Yeah, and then I think the question was, have you like seen enough from him up off the time? He said, no, like he hasn't, and he probably told. Would you imagine that they had a meeting, and he probably told him that he might do that or he had done that? Like, there's no way he just does that blindside them. I don't think. Do you? Like, is he paying attention to what the coach is saying on Saturday morning? There, there has to have been countless video sessions. I think over the past what nine games without a even strength yeah. goal. Yeah, that's a lot. It's a lot. And it's his second streak this season. He had gone seven uh, previous. Yeah. I don't think he said anything that wasn't already addressed at some point in the dressing room, either through video or through uh, normal conversation between yeah. a coach and a player. Yeah, and there's some quotes um, that I've seen that Keith had about him, about how he had talked to Austin and said, you need to be a driver. You need to be a shoot-first guy for us. Don't worry about... He actually says, don't worry about like setting up other people. Let's yeah. just get you getting pucks on the but- net. Austin on Friday night... Or sorry, Saturday night, 14 shot attempts and 11 landed on net. Well, the, f- the thing to me is, like, talking about that stuff in the dressing room versus saying it to the media are two extremely different things. Mm-hmm. So it must have gotten, and we hadn't heard him do that at all, right? He hadn't called out Matthews really at all this year. So it must have gone to a point where he was like, all right, I'm going to try this. And he went out well, there and he the did. the elephant in the room. Like, the media was heading towards this place. Mm-hmm. I think Sheldon probably on Saturday just got a little ahead of it. Why why yeah. just be proactive on it? You know you've been around long enough, Sheldon, where you know that those type of questions were gonna come on on Austin. Marner came out of his funk with his hat trick. Yeah. This was only heading towards what's wrong with thirty four. I thought Sheldon did a pretty good job of getting ahead of it. Timing wise, well done for sure. And I also think if he doesn't do that, if they ask him like, hey, do you need more out of Matthews? And he goes, No, we're good. Everyone else is like, what is he doing? Like, how protected do these guys need to be? So that was a pretty good call. We have a follow-up, his response to uh, Austin's game, which is a pretty good one. Clip four there. This is Sheldon talking about Austin Matthews after Saturday night's game. I thought he was a beast out there tonight. I I thought he was all over the puck. I thought he attacked the net. He shot the puck. Um, Obviously, two huge goals for us. So, like, yeah, I I thought he was excellent. There you go. And... uh... I don't know. You're the the numbers guy. What do they look like in terms of puck possession? Because he had the puck Absolute a lot more dominance. that we've that we've seen in a long time. 
Yeah, that whole line was really good. Willie was back uh, going again pretty good. They they controlled all the opportunities in there. That, that was a much better night. I think it was the night before we looked at their yeah. numbers. We were like, what is going on here? Yeah. No shot attempts in a period. I thought a big bounce back game for Nyes. Like, yeah. to me, I, you know, Willie was good. I still don't think Willie is... How many shots did they end up with? 20 shots, that line? Yeah, 19, together. I think, yeah. So I still don't think Willie's full... Willie, since uh, he came, came back from Sweden, but it was a step in the right direction, I think. There was a moment with Nyes missed an opportunity, then went down, and it was the Shattenkirk gets in behind yeah. him and scores, and I was like, oh, you know, this could be could, whatever, but he, he did otherwise. Could also be uh, the jinx that Justin put on Willie, <laughs> yeah. uh, who said he's going to fall flat on his face when he gets back from Sweden. <laughs> I actually got the opposite text about Matthews because I wrote how Matthews is ineffective. And then he goes out and lights it up. People are like, okay, well, way to go. Well, you're, I mean, you had two calls this year. I mean, you had the OV call, and then you had the Willie call. Those are two pretty good ones so <laughs> yeah, far. Well, hopefully Willie gets it figured out. We don't want to watch great, much more. Great observation. Are you, are you guys kind of surprised of, I don't know if the term is taking his foot off the gas pedal at all. Like, is, is, Willie, is Willie's drop from Sweden back to where his issues were before this season in terms of at times looking inconsistent or not looking like he's fully engaged? Are, are we back think? there? Is that what you think? I'm asking you. I, I don't. I think every player over the course of 82 games has, it just doesn't go in all the time. You yeah. know, and he had the breakaway that kind of started the slump. I believe in slump starters, by the way. Like that moment he hits the three posts against Chicago and yeah. all of a sudden it just won't go for him. I, be- I think that happens. And it's funny you mention that because in the same conference where he was asked about Matthews, they asked him about Willie and seeing his game, and he brought that exact same thing up. He's like, well, if that goes in after it hits three posts, he's the hero again. Yeah. We're not talking about it. And it goes, yeah. so it's like, I think there's something to that, but I think there's been a dip. I think it's hard to say there hasn't been. Yeah. And is it, okay, besides bad luck, is there like a, a lack of intensity in his game right now that we've seen that we didn't see earlier in the season. Yeah, maybe. I mean, early in the season there, it was, there's some like, I don't call it desperation, but like he just kept going, yeah. kept hunting the puck. Yeah. And I don't know, do you feel like that's... I, I do feel like he's taken his foot off the yeah. gas pedal somewhat. Yeah. Uh, I don't expect it to to last anywhere near the, the stretches that he had earlier in his career. I think... Mm-hmm. He's he's mature, maturer than ever before in terms yep. of uh, realizing what's at stake here, including his contract. And I I, I don't see him uh, fading for for a long stretch here. Yeah, which is a good thing. Do you want to uh, do you want to zoom out and listen to Keith on the whole overview, and yeah. we can kind of jump off from there. So let's listen to clip two on the the overview of the. Yeah, I thought we. Hard played hockey game by both teams. Not a lot between the two teams. Two teams playing hard. Referees let the teams play. You know, not your not your typical uh, early December hockey game. There's there's that's a tough game out there. It's fast and competitive. And I thought our guys hung right there, fought their way back, and got us got another point. In about what twenty five minutes, we're gonna have uh, Craig Simpson, former NHLer. Stanley Cup champion, of course, Hockey Night in Canada analyst. He'll help us break down what uh, he saw Saturday night. So looking forward to Craig Mm -hmm. coming on the show. Uh, As far as uh, Sheldon's overall view, uh, 
anything that stood out for you outside of that? Yeah, I, I think he talks about the two teams and, like, good game, whatever. I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on the Bruins? You know, I, I just, they look okay. I don't, they got a couple really good players. 17-4-3 yeah. right now, like, first in yeah. the league. I don't record know. Record or no record, they're okay. They're not the team to beat. Yeah. See, I kind of feel the same way. Florida is. In the division. Yep. Ooh, I did not see that curveball coming. You just, uh, I was way out ahead of that one, then swinging a miss on you, my part. For you. Well, I guess like I'm looking at the other division. Like I, Colorado still for me is. I'm just talking about the Atlantic. In the Atlantic, then yeah. yeah. I, I would say Florida's a better team. <laughs> Tampa. Yeah. Tampa's reeling in Florida. Yeah, Florida is a team that, you know, the Leafs, funny enough, can be ahead of them. They're ahead of them in points percentage, but they just do I, look like a more complete team. I and I, I think we've had a couple of uh, examples, either Billy Jaffe uh, from the Boston Bruins or Andy Brickley from the Boston Bruins on Beersy. our show earlier. Beersy on Friday. Beersy on Friday. And everybody real consistent on the goaltending being outstanding yeah. all year long. And maybe that has a lot to do with where they are in the standings. Yeah. I mean, they have this seven-point cushion on Florida but it is. It's just over a quarter of the season in here. I would be surprised if they don't, you know, they, they won a few, or sorry, lost a few games before the three-game winning streak here. I wouldn't be surprised if someone was nipping at their heels pretty soon and they came back to the pack a little bit. Because I just, I look at their forward lineup and I go, ah, okay. Like, they got a great start start from Matthew, we're not sure, Patra. 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 We're going with that. He was, yeah, you know, like, uh, I don't know, he's fine. But he's not, to me, an impactful player for them. Marchand obviously gets their winner and scores a hat-trick last night, so they got him rolling a little bit. But yeah. really, it seems like Pasternak and outside of that, pretty okay forward group. But they're okay, in, yeah. But Olmark is Olmark's legit. A difference maker. He is. He's legitimately. If, if Boston's going anywhere, it's got to be with Olmark, Swayman, and that blue line. So mm-hmm. I, I compare them to the Toronto Maple Leafs, and you, you take Toronto's forwards over Boston's all day long, would you not? Yes. Totally oh, agree. No question. I mean. But you would take Boston's defense all day long oh over yes. the Toronto Maple Leafs. Unquestionably. Of course. So. Together, they'd be a pretty good we, team. We, we, <laughs> you can make a mean one. Pick your poison. Yeah. I mean, what can, no, playoffs, yeah, okay, can, can, can Can Joseph Wall hold his own? So, Joseph Wall, I mean, I know I mentioned a couple bad goals, but gosh, he looks good, doesn't he? Solid, like that overtime, he makes big Listen, saves. I, I just think he needs reps. He needs... Yeah, he needs experience. To he needs to feel like he's less in f- fantasy island and more about, hey, this is my job and I'm the guy and I'm coming to work every day. He's not there yet. I wonder if you have to go Samsonov, though, and terrible timing because you only have one game leading up till Saturday night. It's just the one Thursday yeah. night game. You'd hate to have Wall now sit a week, but... Well, I'm not a believer that you, you throw every, uh, the, the kitchen sink at Joseph Wall now. So to your yeah. point, it, it, you Get may have breather. to work in Samps, Samsonov as early as Thursday That's against Ottawa. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh, he absolutely has to start that game. And plus you lost, so you can say... Oh, and think about when's the last time Samsonov played. It's going to be forever. Yeah. You got to let the guy feel it a the little bit. The only way you don't put Samsonov in, I think, as early as this week is that you really feel like you may go in another direction. Oh, yeah. Like as in... I don't know yeah. whether or not you want to try to upgrade that between now and and um, and March or April, but yeah. that, that, that'll be challenging in itself. Mm-hmm. But you have to be convinced that you do not believe in Samsonov anymore, and I, I don't think the Leafs are there yet. Right. So 
you would think that you'd use his money in something else to get another goalie? I think there's... Looks like, is Jake yeah. Allen better than Samsonov? Uh, I don't know. Not enough for me to do something. But, you know, I think last year, was, he was really good last year, but there was still a lot of moments throughout the season where we're like, ah. Listen, there's, yeah. there's, more you know, to, like, yeah. there's more to it than that, and I'm not here to tell you that I have any insight on this, but there, there has to be a healthy and good environment for Joseph Wall to progress here and develop. And, you know, if... If Joseph Wall starts running with this, yeah. is Samsonov going to be that supportive type of teammate. supportive guy who uh, can provide him with some knowledge and some information and help him build? Or will he be one of those guys that is secretly cheering against him so he can get the net back? Well, it's funny. You watch Allmark and Swayman, and their support of each other is uncommon, right? Like big hugs. Well, it's almost like buddies. it's too much. Yeah, it's like, you know, like Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. Like, you want to hate him a little bit, no? Well, I don't know about hate, but you could at least want some, yeah. you know, wouldn't mind seeing a guy catch his foot in the odd hurdle. Yeah. But, yeah, no, it's interesting if Samsonov is maybe not in love with sitting there watching Joseph Wall become the, you know, 50-game guy. Well, he's a 32-game guy. What would be the ideal thing, though, instead of Samsonov? Because you still need a guy that's going to play, right? Like, it's not going to be that you're like, Joseph Wall is the starter, and he's going to play 60% of the games from now on or 70% of the games from here on out. You're still going to need a guy that's good enough, but he's going to be a veteran that supports. Like, it's kind of a... Bit of a Jake yeah. Allen golden ticket here that you're <laughs> Are we looking back for? on Jake Allen talk. I don't know. What about Jack Campbell? Is he available? Yeah, always oh, really available. available. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In a perfect world, I mean, I know Jonathan Quick's gotten lit up lately, but that type of guy that absolutely understands that he is just there to get this guy mentally, physically, emotionally ready for the playoffs. James Reimer. Those type of guys? I don't know yeah. about James Reimer. I, I'd want someone with a little bit more playoff pedigree. Yeah, okay, fair enough. All right, well, that's interesting because I think you're saying something. Yeah. Um, now, overtime. Oh, We've got to have a discussion on overtime. Because, dun, dun, dun. Uh, okay. Some uh, bad yeah. visuals out there, boys. I'm, I'm going to zag on you guys, though. Your, your first one is David Kemp taking the face off. Can't stand it. My first one, uh, my final observation is the play Willie makes where he's last man back, and it's three on three. It's so stupid. We have to talk about it so much because they play so much of it. I know it's not real hockey. You just can't make that play hey, listen, last it's, man it's back. It's not real hockey, but the points is, are on the line. You can't, you can't give away a point either. And it's just like, why are you doing that there because live by the sword die no, by the sword even and you for him slaying dragons with that sword even for all him all of a sudden if it impales you once in a while you go well even we're killing a lot of dragons in the process making Barney, those decisions i i agree but even for him that was a, was a one. Listen, that one was a bad this one. is not i actually like the play he made that's not the case here it's just that when you have guys who take chances sometimes sometimes it bites you that's the the math of chance taking and and the other more visual, often than not you you win the other visual, i uh, just like to thank you, everyone in the world, for sending me the video. I saw it. We saw it. Saw Tavares parked at the far blue. Kip, what did you think of, of that moment? Uh, I am 100% defending John Tavares. Hey, oh, no! Yeah. We were all 100. <laughs> we all I, but but I will say I'm this. You. I will God. say this. I'm not sure it's the same reasons as 
yours, oh, JB. Good. Okay. okay. All right. So let's have it. Do you want to lead? No, you lead. I'm so I played a similar type of game to John Tars, oh, which is you? which in that well, a poor, poor, poor man's version, a broke ass man's version. Yes. Of of recognizing that at in three and three in that moment, he can't help on defense. He is too far gone to be able to contribute in that moment defensively. Where where, where is he too far gone? Where he's waiting for Willie to not turn the puck over at the far blue. He's with 10 seconds left in overtime. He's not getting back in time to help. However, if that wall save gets made and it hits Riley's stick next, he's gone. And so he's thinking, this is an instant. I can't help that way. Maybe I can go get us one this way. Yeah, there I disagree with you. Okay. Okay. Because by the time... The save is, yeah. and then it goes into the uh, the side of the net. Yeah. And then I think it was Morgan that overplayed it again, that gave Pasternak well, yeah. a second chance. Yeah. He could have gotten back. No chance. But okay. Yeah, yeah on, I do on, I do on. believe on okay. the second attempt, by he the time it got to, to Marchand, he probably could have gotten back. Okay. The reason why I defend him is because he had zero gas in the tank. He was spent Mm -hmm. and if you went back a little further back he was on the ice he he had a defensive zone face off where Sheldon and I'm gonna put some heat on Sheldon here there's two minutes and 10 seconds on a defensive zone face off with John Tavares and Willie 210 left on the clock from 210 on to zero how many how long was Tavares on the ice in those two ten? I mean, presumably two ten. No, about a buck fifty. Okay, buck buck fifty five. Okay, it's a lot. Mitch Marner, out of two ten, how long was he on the ice in the last two ten? Thirty seven seconds. Twenty three. Okay. There was an offensive zone faceoff where he pulls off Matthews and Marner on a shift that was 23 seconds left yeah. to put Tavares and Nylander on with 53 seconds. Can someone explain to me why? No. <laughs> I, I wish mean, I could. they gas and Matthews is a hard 23 seconds? I, I, I have no idea. But yeah. all I know is the most well, conscientious. I guess, I guess because Tavares, is, he wants to win the draw, and Tavares is good on draws would be a, a reason. pretty good, too. Yeah? No. Okay. No, not you, good. You want me no, to not, 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 off, man. No, it's just it just made no sense to me. Yeah. Okay. And if the worst case scenario is that you go into a shootout, hey, Joseph Wall, pretty good yep. last little while. Yeah. I just I don't understand how you could have left Tavares out there that long to Too try much. to come back yeah. and just he like if the whole idea was hey John go out there and try to win the game, but is is. I assume that, that, Willie's that's their where, best that's OT where, guy, so it's like, get Willie back on. He's the guy who ends this. 23 seconds. Oh, and he ended your, your most conscientious forward out of your core four is Mitch Marner. How is he not on the ice in the last minute? Yeah, I don't minute? know. I don't know. But, so you know, I, I, I look at John, and John had nothing left to come back. Sure. And, you know, my defense that he is thinking about, okay, I can't help that way. Maybe I can get us one the other way. It's not a good defense. It's not a good defense at all. You should... You know, mentally, all right, I, I should err on the side of defensive structure and come back and be on the right side of things and all that. But there are people who are clipping the ISO cam of it and going, 
Look at eleven million dollars worth of effort. It's not effort. He can't get there. He can't so get. Yeah. So he, he's like. He, he, he couldn't get there because between... because he was left in a position not yeah. to get there. Yeah. So in in my opinion, anyways, I don't even care about that overtime. I mean, not to I know that's flippant, but like Willie, I'm not killing him for the turnover, even though it's bad. I'm not killing John. For... I I just think they've played so much three on three overtime recently. Yeah. And a lot of the way that, I mean, they're playing their four guys the whole period. Yeah. Like every every well, overtime. Domi and Robertson. But they did. They stopped that. Yeah. They stopped that now. Like I. I mean, I've. Watched so much three on three that I have memorized their rotations. Yeah, and they did, we did get out there. Not, if, not in this one. No, it was, it was, no, it, it was, was Gregor. Gregor. Yeah, Gregor and Matthews went out for one. I missed that. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. Like, it's stupid to get bent out of shape about it, but there's a lot of stuff during those three on threes that are easy to get bent out of shape about. Yeah. How's that sound? Like, yeah, it's yeah. like the visuals of like them not bending their knees in the defensive zone and them just kind of poking around. Like, I know that yeah. it's hard, but it's hard to watch. Yeah, when you don't have the puck. Okay, let's go to Sheldon talking about his number one goalie, Joseph Wall. Well, it's, well, it's a game with no margin for error, you know, and he's standing his ground. He's played a lot of hockey here now, obviously, and, and he's had no easy nights. So, yeah, tremendous, uh, tremendous growth for him through this week. A uh, very difficult week, but he stood his ground all the way through, so thrilled for him. The Pasternak shot. Really, I mean, tough. He's a shooter. He's a shooter, right? Like not took many little, players in the league make that shot. Took a little, but... little deflection, maybe, but yeah. prob- probably wanted that one, Kippy. Yeah, you're talking about one of the best shooters yeah. in the world coming in a thousand miles an hour, and Morgan Riley, and uh, you know some other guys at times giving up the blue line way too easy, and it's yeah. a bit of an issue. Right, it's the same as Seattle, the one on Riley, right? Riley backs in too deep, so, and I think R- it was Tolman who shot it over through R- him. Riley's spent over a month now playing 26, 27 minutes a night. Don't this, tell me that he yes. did not look tired Saturday night. This I- is the exact case why when we complained about too much ice time for guys, it doesn't happen in a moment where a guy's just like, I'm really tired. But your gaps are a little worse, worse, or you're not quite on the forecheck or whatever. And Riley seems to have more moments where he's protecting against having to... Or you try to block a shot and break your thumb and you're in surgery. <laughs> you Mark know, Giordano. That, whatever on that No, one. I'm serious. I know you when are. You're, when you're overspent, you don't... You start making mistakes. It's harder to move yourself to get out of the way. That fast twitch is not as readily but, available. Give you but that. Gio's not trying to get out of the way. He's actively trying to get in the way. Right. And his finger happened to but take But still, sometimes you're, like, but, dogged, and you're, like, I just can't make the extra whatever. Or I'm not closing up fast enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know. that's their decor in general, I think, is a little bit sagged off because the best guys play too much and are tired, and the worst guys aren't very good. So that's where they're at on that. Positive stuff. We did get a Max Domi goal. And a great finish. And a great finish at that, and a very nice celebration. I believe it was 17 years since his dad's last goal as a Leaf. Ty Domi's last goal was April 1st, 2006. Max Domi's December 2nd, 2023. Whatever that is, 16 and a half, 17 years. Pretty cool. Really cool. And you know what? I don't know if I said it on the show yet, but I have liked him for like weeks now. I just, I like him more as a player the more I watch him play. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that uh, if you kind of move him around, even if you move a few pieces around him, I think he could comfortably stay there. Yeah. He makes you know, some plays. Maybe some guys sometimes it's Yarncroc and 
And Robertson, although I don't see him and Robertson together and uh, no. to, to start a playoff round in, on the third line, but and, and that's not taking away anything from Nick Robertson because I think actually he's done a, a decent job of, uh, of, of not looking out of place yeah. most nights. Yeah, and I like him too. I don't know. Like, I don't like the line, but individually so, I've liked Robertson too. And on that goal that, um, that he scored, I love the decision by Yarncroft to pass it to Robertson, to Robertson yeah, instead of Domi because yeah. it just opened up the whole two-on-one. If he had gone to Domi, Robertson was kind of on the half boards, kind of out of the play a little bit, but it just opened up the ice perfectly for Domi to come in. And, and Domi skated. He skated. skated. He's his best when he's skating. He yeah. created some separation. He made a nice little play. And good on, and good on Domi for finishing that and good on uh, Robertson for getting it over to him because it wasn't yeah. an easy pass to make. Receives it and goes uh, backhand. You know, we didn't spend a whole lot on Friday, last Friday, kind of teeing up the the Marchand, the Boston coming back in after the episode that knocked out Lilligren and put him in a cast. Yeah. We did find uh, Ryan Reeves in. He took the penalty early on uh, Matthew Pontra. Yeah. If he call at yeah. best, if but it's a bigger, stronger big, big player fish, on their side, he probably doesn't big get a fish penalty. Eating the little fish, but please tell me in the first round of the playoffs that is not a penalty. No, I, I thought. I mean, that was a penalty. Ah, I'm it, not. I'm not. It's a missed. steamboat and a half. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's a okay. he drove him numbers yeah. first straight to the boards with a puck whole, gone. Sammy, he sees he's going to get hit. I had and no he problem. Turns with. his numbers to him. I legitimately had no problem with them. Calling the penalty, I had no problem with I'd, him doing it. I'd rather him take the penalty than look it off. Yeah. That's his job. Like, yeah. That's what, what he's Potter getting paid to do. he's coming, and he's like, that's not how you take a hit. Well, he was just probably scared. I, I also agree. It's like, hey, you can't really hit a guy hard into the glass in yeah. his numbers. But I, I thought that's a little bit on the Bruins player there, too. Victim the, blame, he's not great. But here I am. The other positive, if we're going to keep uh, pushing a positive narrative, is the PK. I think 21 out of 22, mm-hmm. one of the best. Humming. For since mid month, mid, no, even earlier. Yeah. So that's uh, that in itself is a good sign. They settled into uh, pairs of I think is it who's playing with Mar- Camp and Marner, and then uh, Yarn Crock going out with Gregor next, which is good. Get a little bit of speed, a lot of effort on that pair, and then you know old Nyes and Matthews can get a little chunk or even Willie at times. So and that good play has got them all the way up to 18th. Is that right? Yeah. 18th. Yeah, they were way down there. Yeah, they were terrible for a while. But, yeah, power play scuffling a bit, though. Yeah. And it's gone the other way. But Did we play Keith on Max Domi? No, we didn't. Let's have a quick listen. Huge for him uh, yeah, and a big one. Uh, so, yeah, he's, he's, he's done well for us. He's found ways to, to contribute in different ways, obviously, and he's made some plays to make others look good. So it's, it's great for him to have that moment. There you go. Yeah, I think if he can just find a nice balance between not giving up shots on goal and not overpassing or simplifying his game a little bit more. I think he could really lock in a a good spot right there. I'm fine with Max Domi if he's good defensively. He doesn't turn pucks over in his own end. He just, I don't need to hear his name every night. He can have two nights where he doesn't do whatever, and then he breaks a game open and makes a play. Like, they just need someone in the bottom half of their lineup that can make a play. So I'm fine with that. You don't want him trading chances and taking chances to make those happen. But, um, yeah, he's been pretty steady in that regard lately. So 
for a guy that I've liked it. For a guy that scored his first goal in December, I would say they're actually getting pretty good value on the three million, which is pretty hard to uh, say. Yeah, they're getting about value. Yeah, yeah, which is reasonable. All right, before we go to break, uh, the 2024 Rogers NHL All Star Game will be expanded to a three day event with the NHL uh, All Star Thursday at Scotiabank Arena. Featuring the Tim Hortons NHL All-Star Player Draft, the NHL Alumni Man of the Year, and honoring the 1967 Maple Leafs and the Canadian Tire PWHL 3-on-3 Showcase. Tickets to the NHL All-Star Thursday go on sale Tuesday, December 5th at 10 a.m. Eastern Time on Ticketmaster. I believe that's tomorrow, fellas, at 10 a.m. Eastern Times. So uh, you can catch all the action, including the Rogers NHL All-Star Game, right here on Sportsnet. That's a boy, Sammy. There you go. Okay, we're going to go to break. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, Craig Simpson, former National Hockey League uh, Stanley Cup champion, current analyst on Hockey Night in Canada. We'll get his thoughts on what he saw Saturday night out of the Boston Bruins, and we'll also ask him about Austin Matthews and his streaky season so far. That and more when we're back on Real Kipper and Bourne. Fresh views on everything in the National Football League. It's the Fan Checkdown with Matt Marchese and Donovan Bennett. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kiprios, Justin Bourne, Sammy McKee. Really in-depth conversation off the air that we'd like you to join in right now. Can, what does the rollback mean in golf? Like, what is that? Go, what's going on with the it's golf ball? It's a physical equipment change. Basically, golf courses, golfers are hitting it too long. Courses are having to be yeah. too long. They take up more property. They need more water. So they're rolling back the ball. So you're going to hit it five or ten yards less far. <laughs> I don't it, like that. I'll hit it 205 instead of 220, <laughs> and away we go. But, you know, it's the same for everyone. Courses they... can be a little smaller. It's the same challenge. But there's no rollback on our egos. No, it's true. <laughs> but uh, I think, I forget who tweeted about this, but they said, if your expectation is 200 or 300, you just want to hit it a few yards farther than usual or farther than your buddies exactly. or whatever. So I don't care. You just change your expectation. And more, more excuse to play from the whites instead of the blues. Well, and more people should do that. Yes. Agreed. So this has been Golf Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got Craig Simpson on the line, or are we waiting for him? <laughs> Oh, we got I'm him. Here. I hear him. Oh, my goodness. Well, let's go to the expert. Like, Can you uh, do anything for my short game? <laughs> <laughs> Forget about the long ball. It's my short game that I give up. <laughs> yeah. Well, the good news is we don't have to go as deep into the woods to find it. That's exactly right. It'll speed up play. How are you, Simmer? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Good. Uh, let's get your thoughts Saturday night because it was a marquee matchup, and I if I'm not mistaken, both teams do not play each other again till March, which is yeah. kind of disappointing. But, uh, you know, the Leafs coming off uh, the, the loss of Lilligren and Marchand and, uh, you know, maybe some ill feelings towards them. How did it play out for you? I, I, I don't really think that was part of the story really at all. I think maybe part of the reason why Reeves played, I heard you guys talking earlier you know, about the early penalty that, that put Reeves on the defensive. And as the game goes along, you know, he gets out of the shuffle again. So it's, a, it's another problem when you're trying to use him as your physical presence. Uh, you guys all know you get into a tough playoff matchup. There, there's no way that Sheldon Keith's going to be able to use him in that role. So, um, you know, he spots in and out of the lineup and gets to play. I don't think there was really an opportunity to do anything uh, out of sorts uh, 
in retribution. I, I just think that, you know, to me, the game was an interesting one because I, I usually like the Boston-Toronto games because they're open and there's good energy and there's usually lots of chances. I thought it was a little bit telling that uh, I thought anyways, I don't know how you guys felt. It was sort of a non-event game early on. There weren't a lot of great chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Pasternak goal kind of put the Leafs back on their heels a little bit. The, you know, he's one of the few guys that can make that kind of shot and it kind of rattles you when a guy scores uh, on the top of the circles with a quick little wrister. So, you know, I don't think I would have liked to have seen a game that, you know, is a big one that you have such a good rivalry in history with, with the Bruins that it might've been one that brought out, you know, a strong offensive start for the Leafs, but I, I thought they played a, a protective game and maybe a cautious game. And that might be just part of how you have to play in these tight matchups against really top teams. You know, maybe they don't feel they're the team that can take over a game on home ice like that. I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more than that, but they, like they've been doing lately, they stayed alive, they battled through and, I thought Sheldon's comments after were, you know, Boston's a hard team to possess the puck against. It's a hard team to get open ice against. And you know that you're going to be in a battle for, uh, for loose pucks in the corners at the blue lines, you know, outside your own line. And uh, I remember mentioning a couple of times, there was numerous times where there's five guys around the puck, all battling and whacking sticks and trying to get the, you know, an opportunity to pull the puck out and make a play. And there, there quite frankly, weren't that many opportunities coming out of those kind of plays. Right. You know, Simmer, so what are your thoughts on, on where the Leafs are at? Like, I look at their last 10, they're 6-2-2. Two, and two. You know, they're 12-6 and six overall. They're, you know, 636 yeah. winning. All these nice stats, but they're a plus-two goal differential team with five regulation wins. You know, what are your thoughts on where the Leafs are at compared to what their record says they are? Well, you know, the the five regulation wins are a little troubling when that's what tied for second last in in the league. So, you know, you have to be wary of that because the three-on-three or the shootout is a little bit of a crapshoot. So you might go through a stretch. If you're continuing having to go to overtime, you might lose five in a row, and all of a sudden it's a different story. But I do think – I said to Sheldon right at the beginning of the year, I, I thought, you know, is this a year that, you know, maybe you're going to have to find a way to win some games and you might not have your A game going right from the start. You got a lot of new guys to integrate. And I thought last year, you know, they only had two times last year, guys, where they went consecutive games without getting a point. And that's that's a pretty consistent 82 games. No of kidding. Hockey. They, had, they had one stretch where they went 0-2-2, but they still, you know, won in overtime or lost in overtime, lost in regulation, lost in overtime, lost in regulation. So you're still getting two points out of those four games. And with that, you never really deal with, you know, internal adversity where guys are struggling and they have to find a way to win games when you're struggling. I mean, you look at playoffs and that's all anybody is concerned about and worried about. You know, the adversity comes, and how are you going to deal with it when you know, man, this loss is bigger than any loss we would have had in the regular season. And sometimes, as you know, Nick, you don't always have your A game, right? Like, you, you're going to have nights where your top guys aren't quite going. So how do you pull it out of the fire? So, uh, you know, Justin, for, for, for nothing else, this has been a stretch where you could say they haven't had their A game, they haven't had – the perfect game or a great defensive effort coupled with a great offensive effort in the same 60 minutes. 
but it might be something that you learn how to win some games when you're not playing well. And show me a Stanley Cup champion team that hasn't had to go through that in the course of the playoffs to get through a, a series or get through a game where they were bad early and they found a way to come back and win. So, you know, if you're the glass half full guy, I think you look at it and say these little lessons along the way of how to stay in a game when you're not playing well, how to come back when maybe it's not your star four guys that are, are bringing the comeback to fruition. And they might be lessons that they're learning early on. I, I still, still think obviously Keith says they got to, put that five on five game, as you said, to a, to a better level where they're, you know, they got to be a plus 20, 20 plus at the end of the year on five on five. But I think it's good lessons learned and it's, it's finding a way to, to be comfortable being uncomfortable. I know a lot of guys have used that, that terminology, but you know, there's going to be games that you got to find a way to win when your, your game isn't on and your top guys aren't the ones driving. And they've had quite a few of those and, to their credit, you know, the, their their record isn't that bad considering all those little ups and downs that they've had uh, this early part of the season. We're talking to Craig Simpson, two-time Stanley Cup champion and Hockey Night in Canada analyst. So outside of the obvious, the two goals out of Austin Matthews, what did you see, Craig, Saturday night that we haven't really seen in the last couple of weeks? Hmm. Well, I, I just think, you know, there was a number of times I, I always look at matchups and say, you know, how is Sheldon going to handle a certain matchup against some pretty effective lines? I mean, the, the Pasternak is a guy that every time he's on the ice, you, you have to have a look. You got to make sure that you're covered off. And for nothing else, you know, two guys, uh, Simone Benoit and William Lagason, I thought that was a growth game. I, I thought they both had some really difficult matchups that you didn't shy away from. I heard you talking before about how much, you know, Morgan Riley's playing. And, and even at times, I, I get worried that uh, Jake McCabe gets extended a little too hard too. You know, he's a good player, but he's not a 25, 26-minute guy. And so you had to have times in that game where you had a deep pairing or a combination of a deep pairing where they had to have really difficult matchups. And I, I was coming into this today thinking, look back at the last two Stanley Cups and, you know, the Florida Panthers getting there. You had guys like Josh Mahura, Gustav Forsley, even Mark Stahl, kind of along the lines of Giordano, who battled hard and got you all the way to the Stanley Cup final. And when you saw early on, you go, I don't know what I'm going to get out of these guys. On the Vegas side, Zach Whitecloud, Nick Haig, you know, there's the growth that you had during the regular season that got them comfortable in the playoffs. And that's what you're going to have to have a good run. You know, even Tampa Bay losing to Colorado, Colorado, Jack Johnson. Eh, okay. Can he handle playing those big minutes? Byram, a young guy, Josh Manson, his first real step. Those are the gross things you have to have. And the Leafs are going to have to have it. now. I guess the problem the Leafs have is their top guys. You know, you, you don't have the top two guys, maybe at the same level of some of those guys, but I thought there was growth in that game from, from guys like Legacy and Benoit, and you're going to need them to figure out if you can play them when you have to in those critical games. Yeah, no, that's absolutely true. And it is, Good, you know, like you, you said, you kind of don't know how many minutes or, or whatever they're going to give you, but they just need to be able to handle a few of them. So that's been a good thing. 
you know, I, I'm looking at their game against Boston going, I don't know how good this Bruins team is. And then I step back and look at the whole Atlantic division. It's like, it's pretty good top to bottom. Ottawa currently has the fewest points, but I think Ottawa's a decent team. How do you handicap the Atlantic division? Kipper kind of feels like Florida may be better than Boston, even though they're seven points behind him. How do you see uh, this Atlantic division playing out? Yeah, I, I, I think it's very wide open. And uh, Chris and I said at the beginning of the broadcast, you know, I know it's, what, game 22 or whatever, but you you don't really want to be uh, uh, standings watching. But, you know, all of a sudden with the kind of start that Boston had and then losing three in a row like they had, you know, that last game, they could have been four points behind them with a game in hand, that with a win. Instead, you know, now there's seven, but with still that game in hand. So I do think that it, it's not a runaway, even though Boston had the good start to give them a little breathing room. Uh, the Rangers are another animal. But quite frankly, I think you just have to look within your own division and not worry so much about the, the Metropolitan Division and what's happening over there. But, you know, I, I do think that the opportunity is there to stay in the mix. And that's why we said, you know, despite the five regulation wins, all those overtime points are have been critical to, to keep you in the mix. And once you get on a roll and once you get your game together, maybe you get a little healthier, I think they have to be the mindset of keep Austin and Florida in your sights and say, we got an opportunity to, to stay with them and and to not be sort of, uh, going by the wayside saying, okay, Boston's going to win the division. I, I think it's going to be a good battle all the way through that allows them the opportunity to stay in the mix. Looking forward to it, Simmer. And uh, as always, uh, thanks for, for doing this. And if we don't catch up to you through the holiday seasons, have a great one, okay? All right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate thanks, it. Simmer. Right. That's Craig Simpson. Hockey Night in Canada. Canada. Analyst. Uh he mentioned it, uh, Benoit Le- uh, Legison, mm-hmm. and I watched one game of Benoit in the preseason, yeah. and I said, I'm not sure he could play in the American Hockey League, but this guy has found a way yeah. to spend the least amount of time in his own zone. Yeah. He can play the body, he can find a red line, and Works he can hard. get it in deep, and I've, yeah, he's... He's won me over up until this point. Yeah, I trust him. Playing and I know within that sounds himself. silly. Yeah, like, doesn't do any, yes. Doesn't do anything that he doesn't think he can do. Yeah. He just does he is the right thing. Going to close as quickly as he can on a guy who has the puck in the corner. Straight lines. He's gonna bang it off the glass if yeah. he's under pressure. Like, and it's nice to have that sometimes. To be like, I trust and what he's gonna do here. Him wearing number two, I'm just like, ah, little trust there too. The old Luke Shen you know, number. Luke Shen. I'm like, ah, well, every so often the flashes my my mind. He's, Did you see Shen fight Marcus Foligno a few nights back? No, I didn't. Oh God, Shen is a monster of yeah. a person. <laughs> Coming to town this left uh, into his mouth yeah. next week. Going to be interesting. But to at least it. Benoit, you got to give him credit because there's there's such a hole on that blue line and a need for just a, a simple guy like this. Yeah, and he has for the most part delivered. Yeah, I'll say this about the guys that they have playing that role. They are the type of guys I want in that slot. I don't. For years, the Leafs have had yeah. Lilligren on the third pair trying to be an offensive defenseman or whatever, and it just hasn't worked. Lilligren probably a second pair guy and can do the offense there, but I, a third pair, just nice to have some guys. I, I think the key for him, though, is just finding a way to maximize his value without 
over asking when if 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 he starts stepping in and I don't know what he played Saturday night maybe seven sixteen seventeen minutes who was that uh, Benoit Benoit yeah Benoit which for me is probably fifteen thirty five some somewhere between eleven and fourteen for me would be in that perfect range yeah twelve and a half thirteen but if this guy starts going north of fifteen I think there's a chance that there's going to be some gaps there's going to be some turnovers mm-hmm. you just don't want to over ask i think that's totally fair and i will say uh just in the interest of being fair to people i've been hard to connor timmons pretty good game thought he was fine yeah good was saturday night plus two yeah he was made a couple positive plays for sure I think, you know we people get on for living pretty hard for the off season and i think the two poster boys obviously is that klingberg and the the reeve signing but he did bring in some depth here that's really helping them right now yeah you think about they bringing in gregory you think about bringing in benoit you think about bringing in Lagason. Domi's been getting better. Bertuzzi's improving. Yeah. Like it wasn't a out and out disaster like a lot of people no, want to make Klingberg it seem. Disaster being hurt is helping for sure. But he was <laughs> a disaster. Yeah, but sure. not, of that. not a good time to mention that Lafferty on the uh, number one line in Vancouver. I wasn't <laughs> not, gonna not bring a good that time. Up. Well, well it's a good time. Time. It's a, everything kills penalties. It's a great transition goals. because we're going to be talking about them in the national hour with Sat Shaw. So there you go. But yeah, he looks awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's just how much better would they look if you're spending one one on on Lafferty instead of one three on Reeves, right? Yeah, you you just take out Reeves and put in Lafferty. Your fourth line is is you La- Lafferty, well, Gregor, and Camp. That's good for like fortune. one win. Yeah, but I heard Lafferty's horrible for picking music <laughs> in the room. Oh, What's he listen to? The oldies, little Frank Sinatra. <laughs> What's he picking? <laughs> All right. As Sammy mentioned, we go national next on the hour of uh, Real Kipper and Bourne. Sat Shaw will join us coming off a huge win for the Vancouver Canucks over the Calgary Flames. We'll get into that and more, including Sam Lafferty lighting it up for the Vancouver Canucks. Our thanks to Craig Simpson in the first hour. Don't go away. We're only getting started here on the Real Kipper and Bourne Show.